Welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Hello everyone. Hello. Happy Thursday. I'm here live from my new house. We moved last week, which was kind of exciting. Um, Hello everyone on Facebook. We're live on Facebook and YouTube. So yeah, I was just saying I'm in my new house. That's why the background is totally different and not yet completely set up. So tonight I have a lot of great questions from you guys to answer. And I also wanted to remind you that I'm doing a free webinar on Sunday on the dressage training scale. And I am really looking forward to this webinar. I hope to see all of you guys. I love doing the webinars. I really spend a lot of time going into the slides and putting everything together and always updating them. So if you've come to the, um, webinar before, then for sure you should still come on Sunday because I updated all the slides. And even if you've taken my training scale course before, it's always really good to go back and kind of give yourself a little fresher. So yes, everyone's noticing the new background. This is my new house and we're working still on like getting the photos set up here in the background because I know I feel like homeless without my pictures back there, but that's a photo of Harvey. And so yeah, a funny story, we did live in Simi Valley and we moved to Camarillo, which I'm really excited about because Camarillo is a very nice area and it's closer to the barn. So instead of having like a 45 minute drive to the barn, it's now like under 20 minutes to get to the barn, which is really, really exciting. The other thing that's kind of funny, um, which I'll share with you guys, is that my husband is quite a bit older than I am. So this house is actually in a 55 and older community, which it's so nice here. Like there's a golf course and there's all this grass and my dog Levi, he like loves when I take him out in the grass, like he loves to run and roll around in the grass and It's so quiet and so peaceful here. I feel a little bad for, it's like a condo and the lady on the back here I think is quite elderly. So she's probably not enjoying us living here. But um, but yeah, it's beautiful and it's nice and I'm sure everyone wonders why I'm so young living here in a retirement community. (laughs) So that's the story with a new house. We used our horse trailer to move all of our stuff, which is always so funny to like clean out the horse trailer and then to see like your bed and your couch and your dresser and everything in the horse trailer, but whatever works. I was at at teaching a clinic in Texas while my husband like pretty much moved everything. Luckily he has a lot of good friends that helped him out. So I came home to a new house and here we are. 
but we have a lot going on. So Sunday is the training scale webinar, which I hope you are all coming to. And one thing that I've been really thinking about and that we were discussing with my team and with Joellen, my mom, is like the training scale. And I'm sure some of you guys probably like you've heard the training scale and you've, you know, but you don't really understand if it even applies to you or if it's important. And I've been thinking about trying to explain like why the training scale applies to you and why you need to learn the training scale. And I think that for all of us, and for me especially, is take a moment to think about what is your dream ride? Like what does that feel like? What are you trying to achieve? If you are laying in bed at night and you're thinking about riding, what is that feeling that you want? And for me, the feeling that I want is this feeling of connection with my horse and this feeling of trust and harmony and this partnership where my thoughts become my horse's thoughts and that the, all the energy and the power in my horse is going through me and that I'm able to direct it. And that really is what the training scale is about, is about getting that. It's about that rideability and staying safe and enjoying your horse. And like Kareen says here, hi, Kareen, being in the zone. So I think that even if your goal is just to enjoy your horse, the training scale is so important to understand and so applicable. And the training scale is equally important if your goal is that, you know, you want to do the upper levels of dressage and you want to compete. But it's really a very fundamental piece to horsemanship. And it's something that originated a long time ago in the cavalry when they were training war horses. So that's why it's so important. And I'm really looking forward to the webinar on Sunday. So I have my slides already and um, I hope that I can show each and every one of you how to apply the training scale to help you have a little more clarity and direction and confidence in your riding and in your training. So that's it. If um, the link is in the description, there's also been a lot of emails and stuff reminding you guys about Sunday. The other thing is if you show up to the webinar live, we have a free gift for you. So be sure to show up live. If you want to get that, um, I'll tell you. I don't know if I should tell you what it is. I guess I'll tell you. So it's a video of me training one of my personal horses, which I don't show that often. But um, I feel like if you come to the webinar, then I will show you that and kind of show you exactly what I go through and how I use the training scale and how I make corrections with my horse in a ride. So I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys are. Um, let me pull up my questions that I have tonight. We have a lot of them. And what I'm going to do tonight is that I'm going to answer your questions based on the training scale. So kind of every question that comes up is try to show exactly how to use the training scale to approach your difficulty. So Here's one from Shannon. Shannon says, my horse tends to rush in the trot as soon as I pick up contact. He's perfectly happy to keep rhythm while I'm warming up on a looser rein, but the minute I pick up more contact, he rushes. 
braces and blows through my aids. We end up doing lots and lots of circles, serpentines, and transitions to get them back in rhythm. Any suggestions to help? Okay, so a couple of things to pick out in this. One is that there's a big difference between rhythm and tempo. Rhythm always stays the same. The tempo can increase or decrease. So the horse quickens in the tempo is what she should have said. Um, now, it's always important that you maintain that steady tempo. So if you take up the contact and your horse starts to rush, then that is basically an evasion. And she's on the right track. You're on the right track, Shannon, with doing lots of circles and lots of serpentines. Those work on suppleness so that when you take up the contact, basically what's happening is that when you start taking up the contact, you're losing the suppleness, you're losing the relaxation. So then you need to go back and do some circles and do some serpentines to work on getting that relaxation back. One thing that I was thinking about when I was riding today is that um, when my horse spooks, for example, so I was riding my young horse and he got just a little spooky. And so you're riding along and you have this tempo, like you're one, two, one, two, one, two. And when your horse gets spooky about something, they quicken that tempo without you asking. So a really important thing is to get back to the original tempo that you had as quickly as possible. And doing that by like making a circle or a bending line, but to get your horse back in that tempo. Because when you can maintain that steady tempo and when you can control the tempo, then that helps to get your horse to relax and get your horse to stay with you. And again, rhythm is the base of the training scale, so it's really important to maintain that. Okay, Sheila, I'm having a difficult time keeping the balance in my canter work. She loses suppleness and braces her neck. The transitions are fairly good. The downwards are good too if I've not lost her balance. Help. <laughs> okay, so again, yeah, so in the canter, if your horse braces their neck, then you've lost the connection and you've also lost the suppleness. So what I always tell people is that everything is the hardest to fix in the canter. So if you're having a lot of trouble in the canter, go back to the trot and get it like really 110% solid in the trot, then go back to the canter and try to keep it into the canter. And then maybe just focus on the quality, like shorter canter strides, but really keep um, the horse through and round. And if you start to lose the suppleness, then go back to the trot, get it in the trot, and then go back up to the canter. Because again, like, I always think of the training scale. I have that in the back of my mind. And when things start to fall apart, you want to look at the training scale, figure out um, what has fallen apart, and then go there and figure that out. I have here this water bottle. This is like my favorite water bottle, which has the dressage training scale on it. We have some of these also to give away at the webinar this Sunday, but they um, there it is. There's the training scale for you. This is like the key to dressage right here in this water bottle. If only it was that easy. Okay, let's see, some other questions. This is just a random one. Do I speak Spanish? Yes, I do. I speak Spanish fluently, which is very helpful because um, a lot of the guys that work at the barn speak Spanish. Okay, 
Here's another good question. For future trainers, how do you teach someone on their very first riding lesson? Do's and don'ts, please. Okay, so this is a good thing is like, let's say that you have a new student or you're gonna teach your friend dressage or you're trying to explain to someone at dinner, what is dressage? I always think this is such a hard question when people ask you like, what is dressage? What do you do? So for, as far as the new student, the first thing is always get them in the correct position and, and keep fixing their position. Because again, a lot of people say that um, the base of the training scale is rider position, that rider position comes like, rider position comes here even before rhythm. But that said, so you get the person in the right position. And then I think what I always start out with is just getting rhythm and you know having them at the walk having them feel the footfalls at the walk and then when they're comfortable with that going up to the trot feeling the footfalls of the trot trying to get their body in rhythm with the horse's body and then moving up from the bottom of the training scale up to the top and that is the philosophy that i use with all of my students and all of my horses is using the training scale to guide my training. So that's the plan for that. Um, oh, the other thing that I wanted to tell you guys, I was in Texas last weekend teaching a clinic. So thank you, Kimberly, for organizing the clinic. It was really, really fun. The weather was like perfect. It was warmer in Texas than it was in California. I think it was like 60, 70 degrees, which is so nice. I had long underwear on the first day because last time I went there, I was literally freezing cold and it is the worst to be teaching when you're freezing cold. So I was hot, I'm happy to say, um, but it's really cool to meet you guys in person. And I had a lot of students that like have taken my courses, watch my videos, and it's so nice. It saves so much time when they kind of understand my philosophy, when they know the exercises, like this one student, I was like, okay, go start working on your snowman. And I didn't have to explain it. Like I didn't have to show her the pattern and we didn't have to waste 10 minutes of the lesson going over the exercise because she watches my videos and she knows my system. So then I could really just pinpoint exactly, you know, little tweaks that she needs to do in order to improve her horse because the the tricky part of dressage is that there's theory and there's exercises that we all do to improve our horses the hard part is that every horse is just a little bit different and so you have to kind of tweak that a little bit in order to um, fit your horse's needs so that was really fun to see at the clinic the other thing that I wanted to talk about the clinic is that I had one student, she was so fun to teach. And she said on the second day, she was like, okay, I wanna work on my counter canner. And I said, okay, let's work on your counter canner. And so we, we, you know, we did the warm up. we start working a little bit on the counter canner and you always start in your comfort zone. And so for her, the counter canner was a little bit outside of her comfort zone. It was something that she was working up towards and her and her horse were just learning how to do together. 
So when we started working on the counter canner, things started to kind of fall apart a little bit, like the horse lost the suppleness, the horse lost their balance, and maybe the horse got a little tense and rushing. And so then what do you do? What do you do when things fall apart, when things aren't going right? And the answer to that is that you go back to the basics. And what are the basics? The basics are the training scale. So we went back to something a little more simple. We went back to some transitions. We went back and really made sure that the quality of the canner was better so that then we could take that back into our counter canner. And she asked me later, she said, what was our biggest takeaway from today? And the biggest takeaway was the basics are everything. And the more time that you spend making the basics solid, working on the basics, then doing the movements and going to the show is um, not such a big deal. And whenever things fall apart, you have to go back to the basics. So that was the big takeaway from uh, the clinic in Texas. Once again, thank you, Kimberly, for setting that up. Okay, here's another good question. How do you know when you ask too much versus too little of your horse? And I th again, I think this a little bit goes back to the training scale because obviously we want to get better. We want our horses to get better. But if you push yourself and your horse too hard and too fast, you're going to lose the trust. You're going to lose the suppleness. You're going to lose the like we talked about at the beginning of this lecture tonight is that dream ride where you feel connected, where you and your horse have a partnership and you're trusting each other. So it's always a balance of getting a little outside of your comfort zone, challenging yourself, and then going back to your comfort zone and building up confidence again with your horse. And sometimes we go too far. Sometimes we ask our horse too much and we lose that confidence and we destroy our training scale. And that's okay. Then you just have to build it up and start over again. Okay. Another question from Ash. How do you introduce dressage to a horse who was trained in a different discipline? And again, one thing that is so wonderful about horses is that they are very honest and they can change. I always say that it's way easier to train horses than it is to train people because they don't have such a like mental block about things. But if I have a horse that's been trained in a different discipline, a couple of things to consider. One is that a lot of the basics go into all of the disciplines. So for example, when I lived in Colorado, I did the rain cow horse stuff a little bit and um, reining and I started a lot of young horses and some of that stuff is the same. Like I think no matter what discipline you're in, you still have that image of that dream ride where you're really feeling connected to your horse and your horse is responsive to you and listening to you. And so I think that that is really a, across all disciplines. Let me know in the chat if you do a different discipline. Like, do you do trail riding? Do you jump your horse? Do you do eventing? Um, maybe you're a Western rider. 
but again, it's like dressage is for all disciplines. And so dressage means training. And certainly if you have a horse that has been trained in a different discipline, it's going to take retraining them in a different way for dressage, but it's still all training. So if I have a horse that hasn't been quote, quote, dressage trained, I just start with the basics and start with the training scale and start working on rhythm and tempo, being able to control that then working on suppleness um a lot with suppleness is riding patterns and figures like serpentines and circles and then little by little just working up from there so that's that okay another question hi amelia when should we start to Ask the horse to take contact and get round. Which age or which level? That's a good question. And again, I when I first came here to California, I pretty much started all young horses, which was a challenge. I have a lot of respect for people that do that for their whole job because people like bring you this unbroke three-year-old and they say, all right, I'll see you in 30 days. And they come back 30 days later and expect it to be walk track canner. So I learned a lot doing that. But as far as the contact, again, it's all about stepping stones. And so when I'm starting a young horse, the first thing that I teach them to do is to kind of bend and yield in their body side to side. So I get like a little bit that lateral suppleness and teach them that from the ground first and then just gradually add in um, a little more and a little more expectations for them to accept the contact and get round. But always most important, like if I'm starting a young horse, is getting them forward, just getting them moving around and going forward. I usually um, start them in the round pin first, getting them going forward, being able to turn them, being able to stop them via like a one rein stop, once I have that and I have the ability to bend them, then I start taking up more on two reins and asking them to get round. But I would say, you know, you don't want to wait too long because the reason that we want our horses to be round is that it builds up their back and their top line muscles. So if your horse is going around with their head straight up in the air and they're completely inverted and hollow, then they're not gonna be building the correct muscles through their top line. And so then you're developing the wrong muscles, which then you're gonna to have to go back and build the correct muscles. So it's always best, you know, to ride for quality and more than quantity and to ride your horse really correctly. So hopefully that helps. Let's see, Mary Ellen says, I just went to Buck's workshop. I feel everyone would benefit with his teaching. Yeah, Buck Branneman is amazing. I used to do a lot of his clinics. He's a horsemanship guy, and he taught me a lot of the stuff that I do with the horses on the ground, and also a lot with, you know, just getting that basic control of your horse, getting the suppleness, dealing with horses that are difficult, um, and that is all so, so important. Okay, here's another question. Tips for the canner trot transition. I'm struggling to make it look smooth. <laughs> okay, 
Who else struggles with the canter trot transition? I think the canter trot transition is hard for sure because um, a lot of times horses kind of just want to fall into the trot and they end up running in the trot and they kind of drop their back. So a couple of things that I do for the canter trot, one is I, I do it on a circle line is easier so that you're thinking about getting the horse off your inside leg and into the outside rein. So you kind of have those diagonal aids. So lateral suppleness to help keep the horse engaged. Um, the other thing that I do with the canter trot transition is I try to really do it from my seat and my voice because if you pull on the reins to get your horse to trot, it's going to cause them to brace. So like kind of making your circle smaller, spiraling the circle smaller. And then the other thing that's really important is to think about trying to get back to the trot that you had before you picked up the canner. And again, I can relate this back to the training scale, but let's say you're trotting along and it's like your horse is round and soft and it's like one, two, one, two, one, two. And then you pick up the canner and you do your canner. And then after the canner trot, now back in the trot, you're like one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. And your horse is just running really fast in the trot. So try to get back to that slow or controlled tempo as soon as possible. And the more that you're able to get back to that slower tempo quickly, then that's going to allow you to improve the next canter trot transition. So it's about teaching your horse that after the canter, they have to come back to their hind leg. They have to get short and round in their body so that they're not allowed to just run. So hopefully that answers your guys' questions. Let's see, we have Isabel here on YouTube. Elizabeth says, hello, I'm a beginner rider and when I'm cantering, my feet come up out of the stirrups. How do I keep my feet down? Okay, this is a good question and a couple of things. One, Isabel, is to think about that, like you, probably a little bit what happens is you canter and you feel this canter motion and maybe you get a little nervous and so then you grip with your legs to hold on to the horse and you grip with your inner thighs and your knees. But instead, what you wanna think about is really wrapping your legs around the horse and using your outer leg, like your glute meat and your outer thigh muscles to wrap your legs around the horse. Um, if you're having trouble with keeping the horse going, then you wanna kind of give them a little bump up, kick, kick, and then heels down, kick, kick, and then heels down. That's something that you probably want to work on in the trot is just that control where you can give a little kick, push your heels down, give a little kick, push your heels down. And then eventually that will carry over into the canner. And then also in the canner, think about keeping your, um, your heels down and your center of gravity really low around the horse and just remind yourself of that because once you bring your once you draw your legs up it's really hard to fix so do like shorter canters and just really really focus on your position so hopefully that answers your guys's questions 
Um, let me know in the chat if you're planning on coming to the webinar on Sunday. Give me either a yes or a no. If you can't make it, we will um, record it, but you won't get the special gift of um, the video of me schooling my horse. So I really hope that you can make it live. Also remember that the time changes. So the time is changing on Saturday night, which is not great. Um, the time springs forward here in California. I'm not sure if it does that everywhere. Yes, I see a lot of yeses. Isabel is coming, Jennifer's coming, Gail is coming, Renee is coming, Christy's coming. Awesome, Donna's coming, Shannon, Claudia. Good. I, I'm like almost done with my slides, but I always like finish them up last minute so that they're fresh in my mind and up to date. But I'm really looking forward to the webinar. I have some specific questions that I'm going to answer that I know people like always ask me about and really showing how to use the training scale to answer your specific questions. Um, Oh, Isabel says she can't come. Um, it will be recorded. So if you're not able to come on Sunday, then look out for the recording, which we will have out by Monday. And yeah, so hopefully by Sunday, I have my background a little better. My husband's going to help me hang up the photos. And um, yeah, we'll finish up the slides. And I'm looking forward to seeing all of you guys on Sunday. So have a wonderful evening and we'll see you all on Sunday and then here next week. Good night, everyone. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, Get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.